The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I think that gets louder every single time we play it. But welcome on into the batting order beat, your one-stop shop for baseball content. I'm LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, finals are over. Uh, we have finally made a return to the podcast. Uh, We've been our study den for... Yeah, it's been... A lot of hibernation. Uh, I was putting up, like, insane stats in the library the last week. Um, but He's in the think tank. You, yeah. in the think tank for a week. <clears throat> well, done with finals. The Knicks survived tonight. Uh, so now I have to force myself to watch game six in Miami. Um, what is that? Friday, Saturday, Saturday I think. Wait a minute. I'm so confused. Who are you rooting for here? No, I'm a Knicks fan. Since when? Uh, so you were you were a Miami Heat fan for as long as I could remember. Well, it was like it was weird because I never fully bought into the NBA, and then eventually I was like, "Why am I a Heat fan?" Like, this was like probably right before I went to college. I was like, "There's there's no reason why I, I support the Heat." So. Uh, I I am a Knicks fan now, um, and I'm regretting that. I feel like I should have just stayed as a front runner, LJ. You should have stayed. There's something about loyalty, even when it doesn't make any sense. Um, Sign, since sincerely, Oklahoma City Thunder fan. <laughs> but I will be at the Yankee game Saturday Ooh. with with my or sorry Sunday with my mom for Understood. Mother's Day. We get to see Clark Schmidt. Pitch against you got to get all three L's in there. Pitch against Tampa Bay. Um, Can we agree that the win yesterday doesn't count because he really didn't earn it? You want to know what I'm mad about? Is that this is going to be my second game I've gone to this year, and it's the second game that the Yankees started Clark Schmidt. I couldn't even like, like what am oh, I? I couldn't even see like Johnny Brito pitch one of those games. I it's it's I got to see Clark Schmidt both times and. Also, LJ just found out uh, September 11th, I will be at Yankees Red Sox in Boston. Okay, fun. We're going to figure that out because I'm going to find my way to that game. Okay. But why the hell are the New York Yankees not in New York for 9-11? We've got this argument like at least twice a month. And it's not an argument. It's just me shouting at the camera and you agreeing with me. Old man shouts at cloud. It drives me nuts. This league knows nothing of timing. Yeah. You can um, get the socks home every week, every year for Patriots Day. You can get the Nationals home every year for 4th of July. But you can't get the Mets and the Yanks home for 9-11. You can get the yeah. boys. You can't get the... the you can get the Sox there for Patriots Day, but you can't get the Yanks there for 9-11. You can get the Nationals to Washington, but you can't get the boys home by Christmas. Heartbreaking. <laughs> LJ, this is a perfect just segue <laughs> into what we're doing this episode. If you read the title, um, 
episode 477, things were fired up about. You know, we've taken a little bit of a break here to finish out our studies. But now that we're back and it's been a little over a week, uh, LJ, we need to talk about what's been going on in the MLB and what has been firing us up. All right. Well, now up to bat, is MLB Network bad for baseball? This was something I was fired up about, so I'll take the floor first on this one. Yes, 100%, because this is getting into being some of the most surface-level hype man BS I've ever seen, but also at the same time, the most you know illogically marketing your sport that you could possibly have from a league-owned media network. A league-owned media network, Brandon. And this all stems back to what I'm really going to paint this as is what I like to call the ESPN talking head show method, where you overhype things, you twist truth, and you create the biggest reaction possible for clicks and for views, even if it greatly hurts your product, even if it hurts what what people are watching there. You don't care what you're actually in the audience. You just care about that click. In this situation, much more than it does with the NBA when ESPN does it, this is actually hurting the product. And what got me going on this was a graphic I saw earlier today about Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz, they compared him to a number of different players, major league players in a number of statistics and basically saying, look at what insane numbers he's putting up. They were some of the most surface level statistics I could possibly ask for. Max exit velocity, arm strength, and third to home, or maybe it was home, I think it was third to home speed. And he was in the top three among comparing him to major league players. He was among the top three. Okay, well, what I will say real quick is that, like, if you're talking about, like, tools, like, how many tools does a guy have, then maybe, maybe you could use that. Like, maybe. Brandon, none of those things win you baseball games. Arm none strength. of those things get you on a roster. I, I would argue arm strength and speed are a, a little more important than, than, than you know, we're, we're, we're thinking here. Um, Brandon, here's, here, here's a little – you know, factor, little tidbit here. If you have arm strength, that's great. But arm strength isn't going to matter if it's if the reason you're using your arm strength is because you bobble the ball every time it gets hit to you, and you're taking twice as long to throw the, get the ball over there as you should. Your speed from third base to home isn't going to matter if you're not good enough to get yourself on base and get yourself to third base. And same thing with ex- exit velocity. I don't care if you're hitting it hard. I want to make sure you're getting on base, making good contact consistently so you can continually help a team. The one thing that this, before I really internalized what the three stats that they were talking about were, the one thing I thought about was, why on earth is this not gotten out with the Reds? This is just ridiculous. And the first place my mind went, you know, a person who I, I, I like to think I'm, you know, an educated baseball media person here. The first place my mind initially went was this is just more contract manipulation BS. 
And then I looked at the actual stats there, and I'm like, that's not even the truth. Admittedly, I'm just looking up Ellie De La Cruz's stats, which I'm sure he's having a great time in AAA right now. Oh, he's killing it. He's killing it. But and that's not this isn't meant as a knock on him, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's ready for the majors. You know, yes, he's got a 123 weighted runs created plus in AAA this year, five home runs. That's a really solid start. But that doesn't immediately mean he should be up on a major league roster. That's the kind of picture it paints. And so now, not only are you disserving your own brand and the people that you are owned by with Major League Baseball by going into this service time manipulation stuff, you're painting a case against your owners. But you're also overhyping a player who, you know, we have high regard for, certainly on this show, had him, you know, he's been on our radar since last April. Elliot La Cruz. So we're certainly no suspect to supporting this guy and rooting for this guy. But at the end of the day, this is going to hype him up way too much. If you start talking about, Oh, look at all these, like, you know, look at what a freak athlete this guy is. Let's talk about how fast he is, how hard he can throw and all of this, because he may not ever live up to that. You know, there's still a very good chance. This guy's never a all-star there's still a very good chance that he could be a great player in the league, but not MVP. And so the more you do this, the more you, you know, yank guy around, you're disserving both your own base and these players that you need to be marketing later on down the line. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem with sports TV in general is, Based kind of what LJ was saying is this this first take effect where everyone feels the need now to just completely forego actual analysis on what's going on and would rather just figure out the biggest spin zone, the biggest hot take that we can have about something, a team, a player, immediately after it happens. Whether that means the Yankees, let's say the Yankees would have lost to Oakland yesterday. Uh, they would have tried a spin zone or something that was like, you know, are the Yankees done for? Like, just an example. But the answer is yes, but like, continue. The answer is the Yankees would be leading the AL Central if they were in that. So let's calm down. Um, what does it matter? Do you want to be in the AL Central? Do you want those standards? We can make the playoffs at least. Um, we're like in, we're in last in the AL East. You can lose, like, you can lose like, in the playoffs like every other year. Yes. We're in last in the AL East and are still only like a game out of a playoff spot. Like it's not, You're it's not like we're, we just happen to play in a loaded division and a Boston team that's not supposed to be doing this is just, you know, they'll slow down eventually. Oh, um, oh just wait, just wait till July. We're the Kings of falling apart in July. Oh, are, so are you saying you're like fully expecting this to all fall apart or do you? Have- oh yeah. This is this is not a segment we talked about planned for, but no, 100%. the Red well, Sox are finished, is what you're saying, LJ. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> Here we go. See, this is this is what they do. This is how they drag you yeah, in, and I, and I love it. I love it. The Red Sox are finished because at the end of the day, I'm not sure they've got the pieces to fully stay in this. From the, you know, the pitching has to be able to hold up throughout the rest of the year. 
Is Chris Sale turned around? Maybe, maybe not. Honestly, he had that I, one nice start in there, LJ. I mean, is Chris bro, Sale it's, to it's be a Cy Young contender? What are we thinking? I mean, I don't know, but like, you know, it's more than one nice start now. I'm, I feel stupid for starting to believe. I feel foolish for starting to believe in this guy. You know, he's got um, six innings, one earned, eleven strikeouts against Minnesota. He's got the six inning one earned against Cleveland. He does it in Philly. Honestly, in Philly the other night, that's when I really started to believe that he might be back. So if he's turning things around, that's a game changer. Kluber is going to continue to be a hot mess, I have a feeling. If Paxton is half of what he was supposed to be, that's not a good sign. Which And that's honestly what I'm expecting out of James Paxton. There's not a lot right now, but if you know if you can get a sub four out of him, that's an indecent spot. Let's Overall, get somebody on the staff under a five first. I mean, we well, got to get someone under a five. That, that's not entirely everybody's fault, but we've talked about on this on this show. Yeah. Um, but the bullpen, again, the bullpen looks great. I just have a feeling like they're not going to be able to keep making up for this starting pitching lack of quality right now. Like this starting pitching has been terrible. And even when you – basically are locked in to be one of the best trade deadline winners. It still could be really tough for you if you're the Red Sox going in. Cause like, as far as I'm concerned, they could go out here and add nothing and I'd be happy because you're still adding an all-star caliber second baseman into the mix. So, you know, that that's a plus there, but I just don't think that they can keep out producing the starting rotation. That's the issue here. Like even on bullpen heavy teams, They've got guys, they've got at least two guys who can get through six innings each time through the rotation or most times through the rotation so that the bullpen isn't carrying the full load. Come July, they're going to be too too taxed to continue is really what my feeling is right now. But it's still going to be very watchable baseball, and it's going to be a fun season because you're going to get three high-quality months out of this group. That's all I can ask. Brandon. Well, yeah, LJ, should we talk about another team that wears red but is yes. in the National League? Now up to bat, are the Cardinals bad for baseball? LJ, what the hell is going on in St. Louis right now? Uh, what is happening? I'll meet you in St. Louis. <laughs> the Take Cardinals, as of right now, sit in last place. In the NL Central at 13 and 24, LJ. They are eight games back from the first place Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, say and that again. Okay. Say, wait, say that again. Just, just so we can hear again. They are eight games back from the first place Pittsburgh Pirates. I love this season so much. I'm sorry. LJ, the Cardinals, as of late, it has not been very good. Um, we talked about them sending Jordan Walker down. We initially thought that, you know, it was a good move. Um, no, until no, and, Who until, thought that was a good move? No, no, we didn't. Well, we said that it made sense to try to give him some time to get better in the field. Yeah. All right. We're not going to rehash. This was literally our last show. Yeah. Thank you for remembering it. Um. 
LJ, now this whole Wilson Contreras thing, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. So the Cardinals basically asked Wilson Contreras, they were like, hey, like we don't want you to catch anymore. Like We want you to DH and play corner outfield spot. And then they were like, oh, actually, we don't want you in the outfield. We just want you to DH. LJ, w- w- what is going on? They just signed Wilson Contreras to a five-year contract um, this offseason. What is happening? What is happening? I will tell you what's happening. The Cardinals, and I'm not sure how or why, just made a highly calculated move to inflate the DH positional value on contracts for years to come. Like, what did Wilson Contreras do wrong behind the plate? What, why is he being so disrespected right now? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I mean, I have a feeling, like, you haven't heard a lot of, like, griping from him, so maybe this isn't something he's entirely against. But... Is this going to make them get, you know above 11 games under 500 like is is that is this a real groundbreaking move here i've never have you ever regarded wilson contreras as a bad defensive catcher let's start there no i would say he's a good defensive catcher and so where does the justification come from this it's also important to note that this man's already 30 this isn't bryce harper here we're talking about like, I could actually, you know, honestly, I could justify it. If, let's say, for some reason, they were able to bring him in at, like, a ridiculously young age. Like, if he was 24 and walked from Chicago or something like that, and you're like, okay, we've signed you to a big deal, probably longer than six years, at 24 years old. We want to get the most out of you possible, so we're going to move you to either DH or first or somewhere like that so that your body isn't going to break down as quick. By 30, like, you're already permanently fixed in that crouching position. Like, your body just is naturally set to that state. There's no coming back from that at age 30. So, not even that. I just can't find – I can't find a justification for this. I've always looked at him – again, we're talking about a guy who I'm trying to find some sort of defensive um, spot. I mean, if we're talking about defensive – runs above average has always been a plus defender a couple of years. Um, 2018 was really his only tough, tough year, but that was tough across the board for him over those 138 games. It was really kind of a soft late sophomore slump, but you know, overall I would call him a plus defensive catcher. There's no reason that you need to do this. It feels so unnecessary. LJ, the, the whole thing that I don't get is, the, the the organization that is renowned for year after year consistency and putting out good rosters and always appeasing the fans and always being in the thick of it, they go through one bad month. And what is uh, – I'm going to be honest, like in my lifetime where I've been a cognizant baseball fan, so around 2009, 2010, I can't ever remember the Cardinals having this bad of a start to a season or just being this bad in general. They have one bad month in all this time, and it's like their whole organization is just collapsing. Like, collapsing. You're sending down your top respect. You're publicly humiliating your your, uh, catcher 
who said that he thought that St. Louis was a much better run organization than than the Cubs, which, you know, at this point, when 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 you look at the standings, maybe the Cubs uh, are the better run organization. Um, so far, Wainwright's only pitched five innings to a 7-2 ERA. Yeah, this this starting rotation, which, is... which again, like. <clears throat> This is a topic for another day, although today kind of seems like it's going to be the day for topics for other days. We're probably only going to get through. Why don't we just stick to these two topics for the day? Because I think this is an interesting situation. We need – is it ready? I think I'm ready to put a fork in this and say it's done. You can no longer rely on guys 38 or older as your ace. What? I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. When did we ever think that, that that was a good idea to begin with? Were people really expecting the Mets guys to stay healthy the whole year? Were people really thinking that the Cardinals with Adam Wainwright as their ace were like good? You need a, a young pitcher in there. Even Kodai Senga LJ is 30, like on the Mets. It's I mean, it's it's one thing though, like, yes, I think these guys can be your best pitcher. But you can't put them in a position where they need to be the ace, where they need to be fully relied upon entirely because of that health. Like, if there's even – I would rather ha- – if either of these teams had the worst ace, like we're talking like 25 to th- – pitcher number 25 to 30 in terms of aces in the league, they'd both be so much better off. Just because you have somebody solid, all-star caliber pitcher – with some stability, and then you can sprinkle in your Max Scherzer's, your Justin Verlander's. Like it's like what Atlanta has done with Charlie Morton. <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this tonight? I thought the hot. I thought the hot take ESPN first take machine was over. Are we? Wait. Are so we so Atlanta doesn't. Wait. 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 So so the Braves don't do exactly what you just said, which is have a young ace starting pitcher and then the older guy to supplement that's that's not what's going on in atlanta i can't remember the last time i've put charlie morton in that type of conversation but to an extent yes did i miss something like charlie morton's been pretty good the last few years i mean it's I not... mean, he's good he's not justin verlander I mean, look, since 2021, we're talking about a 377 ERA, LJ, a 113 ERA plus. That's pretty solid for a 38-year-old. That's better than what Adam Wainwright could say right now. It's it's solid, don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to, like, completely rip on Charlie Morton. I was just – I was taken aback by your choice of example because I've just never put him in that situation. I think another example that kind – that fits in my eyes a little better – is the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. That's that's a much better example. I'll, a, I'll go with, you know, a Julio Urias at 26, healthy, stable guy. He's able to hold up the fort with, of course, other great pitchers around him too. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're kind of hoping your best performances are still going to get some magic out of Clayton Kershaw, but you're not completely reliant on the magic from Clayton Kershaw for 200 innings. You've got these other guys who can go out and get that. Oh, LJ, um, I'll have you know, I think it was last episode we talked about how 
it was exactly nine months from when the Dodgers had the all-star game and they had like five guys hit the paternity list. Um, they just got another one as <laughs> Caleb Ferguson uh, has hit the paternity list. Uh, LJ, it seems like all-star weekend in LA was uh, quite the time, huh? These guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Well, do we want to get on to this last topic? Um, which which last topic? We probably have time for one left. What's on deck? Um, on deck we have were Wander Franco's field antics disrespectful. Brandon, you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen Wander Franco throw the ball up in the air to himself, catch it, and deliver the ball to first. Were they disrespectful? You may take the floor. No, uh, that was so cool. I, I mean, is it a bad example to show like kids that? Sure, because now everyone's gonna try it in their game. Um, but was it fun to watch? And did it like excite me? Like, yes. Are you kidding me? That's that's what we need in the game. We need people like Wander Franco who are fun with it. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Cash said. I'm happy he made the play. Um, I know my son is going to ask me how to do that, and I'm going to have to tell him I can't even do that on the field, and I played in the MLB. Um, but look, like, I feel like all of these kind of topics we have where it's like, was someone disrespecting baseball? Was, was the bat flipping bad? Whatever it is it all comes back to the same answer. And it's just like people have been asking for the game to turn into more fun, more exciting, uh, more impressionable on kids. And then stuff like this happens and they get mad. And it's like, why? This is what you're, you're so many people are asking for. Uh, no, it wasn't disrespectful. LJ was cool. And like I said, maybe it was a bad example that specific play to show kids, but we need people with a flair like this. And look, I am a hundred percent sure that if Wander Franco screwed that up, he would have gotten taken out of the game and punished, uh, you know, appropriately, but he didn't. So let's stop talking about what would happen if he didn't do it. I, I hate that. Like it's over and done with like, yes, he could have airmailed the throw but he didn't this time at least maybe next time when he does any airmails the throw you know you can go have your field day everybody but as for this time no it's not disrespectful lj brandon i will speak as a well-known wonder franco fan here when i say this play was absolutely disrespectful disrespectful to the runner who could not beat the throw that got thrown up to the air. He couldn't throw beat out a six, six, three put out. <laughs> Is that actually how they scored it with six? No, six, that's three. how the, that's how the batting order be scoring it. <laughs> six, six, three put out. Um, look, you got to be quicker than that. Like, yes, it's it's disrespectful. It kind of showed off, but this guy deserves the disrespect here for not being able to beat out. Who was it? Can can we try uh, to figure out who it was? Let me yes, see. Who was it? I did. 
I remembered it. I knew it at one point because Let's this see. was my first. This was my first thought after. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. Was this exact point? But it was Brian Reynolds. It was Brian Reynolds. It was Brian Reynolds. It was Brian Reynolds. Okay, but to be fair, LJ, he hit like a screamer right at him. So that's why Franco had enough time to do that. But that's also, but that's so impressive is more what I'm saying. Yes, yes. That you're going to, so yeah, it's a little disrespectful on Ryan Reynolds. But more, more to your point about the children, this is fun. It gets them excited and everything. But more so, it teaches life lessons. I am confident in Wander Franco's ability. Probably too confident. I have a feeling he never screws that play up because he's not a moron. I mean, he has great field sense. He's not a moron. He isn't going to do something like that when he doesn't have have the capability to, when he knows he can't execute. He's not going to risk something like that. I don't think we ever see him screw up a play like that in his major league career. But who will screw up a play? Every single little leaguer, every single modified kid that gets cocky and tries to do this will screw it up. And their coaches will lose their minds. And guess what? That builds powerful life lessons because they're going to try to look cool and they're going to look like absolute morons. And that's going to build character. That's going to teach them that you either got to get good or you got to get – actually, realistically, you got to get good and you got to get humble. Then you can have some fun. Because there was no, you know, it wasn't pompous the way that Wander did that, but that's the way a lot of people tend to take these things. Like, you know, you see guys hitting three-pointers or celebrating three-pointers now in basketball, and it's like, you know, sometimes it's the all-about-me show, but, like, the people who made it popular, they were just out there having fun, making crazy shots, like a Steph Curry. I don't think he's necessarily doing it to be, oh, look at me. I think he's out there doing crazy things to win and doing enjoy the game he loves. So like it comes from that same place with Wander Franco. It doesn't come from that same place with everybody. But when you start screwing those types of plays up, you're going to learn real quick what's important. And that's what I like there. And LJ, like you, you mentioned Steph Curry, but like as of late, there's nothing better than turning on your TV, which I'm going to do in a few minutes once we hop off of this, and watch Steph Curry versus LeBron James in the playoffs. LJ, like that's there's nothing better than that when the games actually matter. And in baseball, you know, it's it's interesting because well, we make the regular season actually matter, which means that these games are all important. Because LJ, how often do we get down to the end of the year and it's like, oh. They're one game back, like they need one more win, where then you think about all those games in April and May where some random reliever came in and blew the game, and it's like, if we just got that one, you know, we'd be in such a better position right now. Um, It it ends up mattering, like, so much more than any other sport just because the percentage of teams that make the playoffs is so much lower. Uh, Yeah, it's it's – Every time I talk about baseball like this, I just end up with the conclusion that baseball is so cool. It's just the best sport. It's, it is. It's every day for eight months. How can you – who doesn't like that? I, I can't understand who wouldn't like that. But if we want to wrap up the show real quick but I, but by with this, I just want to say 
You really think that's the best series going here? Is like no, Suns and Nuggets. I was gonna say, Jokic almost tried to fight the owner of the Suns and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, can we just talk about Isaiah? Like, what is Isaiah Thomas doing there, LJ? I don't know. Also, Jokic, LJ, love him. Right? We're 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 big Jokic. Supporters. I am pro Jokic. I am so pro Jokic. I think that Joel M free throw. Uh, if you're not even the best player on your own team, you can't be MVP. If you're telling me Joel Embiid, LJ, when they're gonna, if if you call a timeout with eight seconds left and you have a chance to win the game, you're telling me you're giving Joel Embiid the ball over James Harden? Please, please. I already know Jokic would have the ball for the Nuggets. I I can't be confident that they would have Embiid take the final shot. So how can that be the most valuable player in the league when when you need a basket, you're, you don't even want to go to him and free throw? I couldn't figure it out, but I will just – Because you don't want to give Jokic three straight MVPs. It, like, it's, it's stupid because he's going to go out there and win it next year and it's just going to be like, okay, well, I just have to skip the year. Or he's going to win the title this year and then it's like, oh. Well, and again, it actually – you know, if we're if we're making it from that case, I do like the Embiid MVP because, in my eyes, I still want regular seasons and things to matter. Fair, no, I get that. North American sports have become created a very bad habit of only having one thing that matters all year. They look people love to make it so it's one winner, thirty to thirty-two lo- or thirty twenty-nine to thirty-one losers. And if you didn't win that year, your legacy is permanently stained by the fact that you didn't win that year. That is the way we like to go about things when, you know, we should be able to celebrate winning your conference. We should be able to celebrate winning your division. How about Arsenal getting second this year? Like I should be, I should celebrate that compared to what we did last year. Yeah. That's improvement. And like even more so like with soccer, any form of silverware, I I think is welcome. And so, but with this, you know, if we all start talking in the narrative of, oh, well, Jokic, you know, really should have been an MVP because, look, he's about to win a championship and everything like that. That extends a little too far out because you need to acknowledge who was actually there playing the regular season for that last month. He made his choice, and I respect Jokic's choice by choosing the MVP and choosing – or n- not choosing the MVP and – choosing playoff success rather than regular season success. They're two different things. And so he chose one over the other and he lives with it. All I'm going to say is I am pro Jokic generally. However, I am hundred percent pro Ishbia in the fight. Yeah. Ishbia was holding the ball, but he was helping his own guy get up off the ground. Well, like, and then uh, Jokic just comes over and throws like a shoulder into him. And then Ishbia well, who of course played basketball. He sold it, LJ. I mean, he was he 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 really sold the the uh shoulder attack from from Jokic. Um but then people saying like Jokic should get suspended like oh my god, like please please like that's just not it's not something that you get a one game suspension for in the playoffs. Like it was just, it was just a heat of the moment. There's bodies there. 
Jokic wants to get the ball to inbound it quick. And Ishbia, like anyone saying that Ishbia was intentionally like holding the ball, like no, he was trying to help his own player up off the ground. He grabbed the ball. He got the ball fell to him. He looked over to see his player in the stands. Helped him. <laughs> it's hard not to get a little distracted there. The other thing too is he held nothing up. Let's remind ourselves of this. This is just that typical, you know, hat bev BS where you go and you're trying to like get an advantage or make people think you have an advantage and just go and run and grab the ball real quick. Inbound it quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guys like, look like he's down. We have to go inbound it. Like when the ref would obviously, if you, if you, if Jokic ended up grabbing the ball, the ref would have made him check the ball with him until he could have inbounded it. They don't just let you. If if somebody is in the stands, like they don't just let you go grab it and throw it to inbound it after a made basket. Like that's just not what happens whatsoever. Like maybe after a miss, like yeah, of course. But if they make it, the ref is gonna wait a second until you know you have a person. You got to actually be on the court. Um, it's just it's, it was such a silly moment. People were making such a big deal out of it, and I was just like, I'll look. I was already kind of getting into this NBA playoffs, which I'd been very kind of checked out this season, but I got, was starting to really get in. I was all in. The next thing I saw, owners and Hall of Famers fighting current players on the sidelines. Like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm locked in now. Well, and LJ Ishbia, did did you listen to him on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast by chance? Mm-hmm. When he started throwing haymakers at Dan Gilbert, yes. Just haymakers. You know, I run the biggest mortgage lender in the in the country. He runs the second biggest. So, of course, we don't like each other. I mean, legitimate beef with one another, especially when Dan Gilbert is the only owner who abstained from the vote to approve Ishbia to buy the Suns. Uh, it, it's fantastic. I mean, finally, Dan Gilbert gets, you know. Also, thoughts and prayers to the Gilbert family. Yes. Not to kill the mood, but like not to kill the mood. Um Yeah, Ishbia is great. Why can't we have more more baseball owners like Ishbia? Imagine if can you imagine if he bought like, I don't know, Ishbia buys like the Kansas City Royals and then all of a sudden he just calls out like uh, Hal Steinbrenner or Todd Bowley and is just like, "Hey, you know like the way you guys run your big clubs, like, you know, you're just terrible people. Like, I don't like you. Just can can we get some MLB owner drama? I honestly we need John it. Henry versus versus Hal Steinbrenner. I think I think he's struggling enough right now with John Henry versus John Henry, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and also to note, I feel like that would be a better sport for Ishbia to be in as well. Seeing, you know, if you're sitting in the stands at a baseball game, like half the goal is to take to get the ball and catch the ball and hold the ball. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to give it back. You don't have anyone coming to take it from you. Especially players. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, I think yeah. that that's a good spot to 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 kill this episode. Definitely, we will be back tomorrow for our live stream at nine fifteen Eastern. Brandon. LJ, we will see you tomorrow. See ya.